Hi, everyone. Thanks for clicking in and listening to the Sustainable Cannabis Coalition podcast. As you know by now, our podcasts are a series of roundtable discussions with industry luminaries discussing trends and sustainable practices within the fast-growing cannabis industry. I'm your host, Dana Hillman, and today we'll be talking with TrueLeaf. If you don't know who TrueLeaf is, you should. They're one of the nation's most talked-about licensed producers, and they operate approximately 1.9 million square feet of cannabis cultivation space across Florida, with Massachusetts coming online soon. They're also a founding member of the SEC. Their sustainable practices are pervasive, meaning they look at every aspect of their operation in terms of sustainability as a leading business consideration. Today we'll get to hear about that from Kyle Landrum, their Chief Production Officer, Brad Stutzman, their Director of Environment, Health and Safety, and Ben Fish, Environment, Health and Safety Specialist. Just a teaser, this was really cool for me. I learned that nothing is off limits when it comes to improving their processes, even to the point of being compared to FedEx? Yeah, you heard me, FedEx. Listen why. Gentlemen, thanks for taking the time to share your thoughts on uh, sustainability, especially from the perspective of a large, vertically integrated producer. So really, thanks for being here today. Hey, guys. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's definitely our pleasure. So for those listeners who aren't familiar with TrueLeave, they're one of the nation's largest multi-state operators, actually the largest in Florida and are expanding their operations throughout the nation. So as always, we like to provide a little bit of context for our listeners. So gentlemen, I know none of you started your career in cannabis, but if we could go around our, our virtual table quickly with each of you sharing a bit of your background and how you found your way into the space, that would really be great. So Kyle, we'll start with you, then Ben and then Brad. So Kyle, take it away. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Dana. Um... You know, as, uh, as Dana said, my name is Kyle Landrum, the uh, Chief Production Officer of uh, And I kind of found my way into the space uh, you know, via a little bit of uh, connections uh, because uh, it was associated with uh, where I went to school in my, uh, my graduate. So um, I went to, uh, went to school in Florida. Got a. <laughs> I think there's one school. No, there. there's there's like five. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I, I went to school uh, in, in Florida. Both my degrees are from the agricultural college. Um, so I kind of came from a multi-site um, restaurant operation background, um, which is strong passion and leadership and process improvement, and obviously working with perishable goods. And, um, you know, I got a call one day that, um, that really was looking to scale their operations and uh, needed someone with um, you know, that ability to manage large groups in multiple different areas and dynamic changing environments. And uh, so that's exactly right up my alley. Uh, and, and talked to a few, a few of the founders, or actually all of the founders, uh, really hit it off with them, great group. Of uh, folks, and um, you know that was three and a half years ago, and it's been a blink of an eye and, uh, and, a, and a tremendous ride. So, wow, that's very cool. Thanks, really appreciate it, Kyle. Ben, yeah, yourself? well, thank you for having me, Dana. And um, my reason for getting in this industry was really about two decades ago. Um, my brother 
uh, when he left, uh, graduated from UCLA, he was introduced into NORML, which is the Nor National Organization for Reform Marijuana Laws. So this this industry oh, wow. has always been interconnected with my family and my brother. And for the past, you know, 10 years and seeing it expand over in California, this has grown into an interest that's become a passion. And me being a scientist, ever since, I've always wanted to be a part of this industry and help reduce its overall impact on the environment. And well, now you can say mm -hmm. it's in the family. That is really, really cool. What What was your education? Yes, about? I am a geoscientist. I got uh, degrees from a university in Florida as well, too. Two degrees. <laughs> it's not the one that Kyle went to. It's another <laughs> university. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely... A local Florida-grown boy that loves all about this industry and the new technologies that are coming available to us. That's great. I really appreciate your brain there, Brad. Or Thank Ben, you. rather. Uh, Brad, yeah. yourself? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Dana. Uh, my name is Brad Stutzman. I'm the Director of Environmental Health and Safety. Uh, actually, I was in you know, pharmaceuticals and food and beverage prior to joining the cannabis industry. Uh, actually, you know, I, I kind of researched the benefits. I knew there was going to be huge growth. Um, whenever I decided to take the leap forward. But uh, after I had came and interviewed with the, the passionate leadership team here at True Leave and then watched several videos of uh, Kim Rivers, our CEO, on YouTube, uh, mm -hmm. it just kind of felt like it was the right fit for me. Uh, actually, you know, I've been with the company two and a half years, and I was employee number 552. And I think we're over 5,500 uh. team members now and still growing. So uh, it's been an interesting journey for me, uh, especially because I actually grew up in the uh, wholesale foliage industry in the Orlando area. So it's kind of full circle uh -huh. uh, with, you know, uh, growing cultivation, you know, food processing, pharmaceuticals. It's all kind of wrapped up in one piece. Uh, have, you know, have a bachelor's of science from the, uh, Georgia Southwestern and several uh, certifications through uh, Georgia Tech and the University of North Florida. Oh, that's really great, Brad. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. So I have to admit, I, I've been really fortunate to see your Florida facilities up close and personal. And to say that they're impressive is a bit of an understatement. So one of the things that did strike me is that you all have gone to really great lengths to standardize or standardize your cultivation facility design as well as your systems that you put in there. Additionally, between your grow and your facilities groups, you also have really well-defined SOPs and run a really tight ship. So when we talk about sustainability, in, in this case, meaning to produce more, more reliably at scale, when it comes to just energy and water, it, it certainly appears that sustainability is more than just lip service with you all. So Kyle, I know that's important to you in, in Truly. So maybe you can share your thoughts um, in Truly as a whole on water and energy consumption. I'll show that <laughs> Yeah, no worries. Well, um, you know, I think we've we've only got a short amount of time, but I can kind of touch on the the higher the high pieces. But no, you're exactly right. I mean, um, you know, energy and water is a huge piece of uh, of what we do and what makes um, makes truly truly. So it's very important to us. You know, as you know, we joined the uh, recently joined the Sustainable Cannabis, Cannabis Coalition, uh, and then also internally, you know, we've created uh, environmental sustainability and governance as well. So, you know, that, that work's been in part and parcel, not just myself or Brad or Ben, but really a, uh, a company-wide uh, initiative where we've 
you know, created a charter and we're, we're working towards, um, you know, developing, obviously there's the key KPIs around, uh, energy and, and water and other sustainable goals and objectives. So yeah, extremely important, but, um, you know, a few of the things that we, that we can do is just, uh, incorporate energy efficient technologies inside the, inside the cultivation and processing and even the retail centers, um, you know, it's got to kind of do our part in, in reducing the, um, you know, the overall energy consumption throughout, throughout the system. You know, Brad mentioned we've got, you know, around 5,500 employees. So it's, um, you know, we have a huge, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. yeah no doubt. Um, and we've got a huge opportunity and um, there are, there are voices, uh, you know, to even do things as, you know, if you don't, if you're not in the room, turn the light off or, or coach that to and much through your teams. So, Obviously not on the plants, but, um, you know, in common areas and whatnot. I was about to say, I've seen that. They, they are tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And using, you know, smart controls and different, um, different automation inside the facilities to, to, um, you know, to really kind of drive that home. And, and we've made the investment to do so, but, um, you know, also I'd say another, another strategy is to help, to help get us there quicker, um, or, or to our goals and objectives quicker is, is um, you know, third-party consultants to come in and and really um, help us identify areas in which that you know we can deploy new technology or uh, even even operational controls or practices um, you know really really that are are top-notch in the in the cannabis space and um, you know I'd say that we're never really content on on where we are so um, you know we're a continuous improvement organization. And uh, we uh, we take that all the way down to to the uh, to the impact that uh, we have on the environment. We want it we want it to be zero or additive. You know that's that's really interesting because I, I do know firsthand that with your team you're not known for sitting still. So and there's really no sacred cows to speak of, and you are continually making improvements and. With energy, I know that that's true, and you guys are pushing the boundaries. So, maybe Ben, can you share a few examples of, of what you're doing regarding energy? Without, you know, obviously, I don't want you to give away any trade secrets. But yeah, any thoughts no, on I appreciate that? it. Um, yeah, I think our two big points of energy consumption within the cultivation, I'd say, it would be mostly our lighting and our HVACs. As you may know, most of our sites are yeah. indoor and are temperature control grow operations. And we've currently been mm-hmm. integrating the use of LED lighting systems as we expand into the new states. And these facilities, they obviously need to be well lit. So it is critical to have the energy efficient lighting properly installed. Incorporating the use of CFLs, LED technologies has also helped the business use less energy overall, I say. It is very heartening to see that some of the LED technologies have really come a long way. Um, so I know that definitely will impact your, your energy bill just from a lighting. Yeah. And then the sure. other thing, HVAC design and our HVAC design has many variables mm. and that dictates how efficient the HVAC system performs. There's things such as the system design, the method of operation and the ongoing maintenance. Well, we do have a good preventive maintenance program that ensures the lighting and the HVAC systems are operating at optimum capacity to remain energy efficient at all times. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, and I've I've seen mm-hmm. your facilities crew. They're um, 
they're on site taking care of everything all day, all the time. So that's, yeah, it's definitely pretty cool. And we've also utilized the automated lighting systems that can make adjustments to ensure, you know, the power consumption is regulated to prevent unintentional use as well, too. Energy is a big factor, but um, let's face it, water's big too in cannabis and any cultivation operation. And also a key issue when you're trying to run a more sustainable operation. So maybe I'll lob this one to, to Ben and Brad. I mean, can you give us an idea where your efforts have been focused in reducing water consumption in the yeah, cultivation sure, facilities? Uh, ideally, I mean, we really focus on incorporating advanced irrigation systems to allow for, for precise metering. Uh, that way we can reduce the consumption rate. Um, the, the most, of course, the most efficient irrigation yep. systems are able to distribute the water in very pre- precise points. Uh, that means in proximity to the plant, near the soil, or directly into it. Um, and this way, there's a, right. there's a, you know, there is a savings of time in terms of water uh, exposition to the air and water flowing from the pipe to the roots. Um, ben, you want to just touch base yeah. on, say, the growing medias? Definitely. And by utilizing the grow medias that we have, we use a rock roll, rock roll, which is soil less growth mediums. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was yeah they're hydroponic cool. cultivation methods, which enable a plant's roots to be placed in contact and with nutrient solutions in growth mediums. This, which transmits the water more efficiently. And these methods also nourish the plant in a more direct manner, resulting in significantly less water being used and wasted the absorption then is direct transmission to soil medium so this is kind of a layered again in a preventive maintenance program to ensure the irrigation leaks are eliminated yeah now i know you also have a method or at least i had heard you have a method for you know reclaiming uh natural water like rainwater things like that maybe yeah, talk about a we also about utilize a water purification technologies for the reclaimed rainwater that we do collect on site. And overall, the water consumption is definitely reduced when we're keeping and using the same water on site. So I know that sustainable water and energy practices within cultivation is a a priority, but that really, I think for you all, that extends beyond just the grow facility. And I think, um, Processing facilities are one of the major factors that um, sh- at least should be considered. Maybe most don't. But, um, Brad, maybe you could give us your take on the processing and the energy use. I mean, is that something uh, yeah, you're focused sure is, on as Dan. well? Uh, actually, you know, like the cultivation, you know, uh, heating uh, and cooling systems are, you know, a top priority for us. But also in the processing side, it's all about the mm-hmm. equipment utilization. Um you know, ultimately, we you know we got to keep our sites climate controlled. But like when we talk about the sheer amounts of uh, equipment that we have on site, um, that you know that produce all the yeah. different types of uh, products that you see at our, our retail locations, uh, part of that's going to be like pneumatics. You know, air air leaks is a major source of wasted energy. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really. Yeah, oh, you can actually lose twenty to thirty percent. Uh, loss of a compressor's output, if, you know, just by small air leaks, believe it or not, and it reduces the effectiveness, effectiveness of our equipment. Then we're also upgrading equipment, monitoring the working condition, uh, along with the PM systems uh, to make sure that we're, they're, op- they're operating at optimal um, output. Um, one of the other things that I know that uh, Kyle alluded to earlier, just our continuous improvement. So when we, when we, when we talk about that, we use Lean Six Sigma methodologies, right, to 
to reduce waste and uh, and uh, prevent you know variations within our processes. So the more efficient we are uh, while we're using the equipment, you know, it's going to be a savings for us on the sustainability front too. Yeah, I got to tell you, that's really interesting that your um, processes are that granular, where you're looking at um, even the pneumatic pumps. That's I've I've been in this space for a long time, I've never heard that. So that's really that's cool. Yeah, and there's, lo- there's a lot of little things like we uh, Kyle mentioned earlier, just shutting equipment off, shutting lights off. Uh, the little things can add up, you know, in a big way, believe it or not. Yeah, especially when you have a um, operation that's the scale that you have. So, I mean, and that kind of leads me to this other thought. I mean, I know that. For many MSOs, even though they may have an eye on sustainability, cultivation and, and to a lesser extent processing facilities tend to get the bulk of their attention. But for you all, you're a little different because sustainability for you guys doesn't really stop at the back door of the facility. It's a mindset that extends beyond that. So Kyle, I know you of all people are a pretty data-driven human. So I'm curious if there's any other methods that you've come up with to reduce, you know, energy and water. Yeah, yeah, for sure, uh, Dana. You know, I, one example that kind of comes to mind is um, is the supply chain department, which is um, you know managed under the, the manufacturing. And, uh, what we do is we use specific you know, routing software for our tier one and two logistics the fleet. Um, and what it does is it. So is is yeah, I was about to say is this like what some of the the major uh, package delivery services use? Oh, absolutely, and yeah. Things like it's, that. Uh, all the time, yeah, we you know we'll even hear Kim say that we run a we run a FedEx or a UPS or a postal service on the on daily. So um, in the, between tier one and tier two, <laughs> we've got um, you know we've got trucks, cars, and teams all of the states that we operate in uh, every day. So. It's been, uh, important to kind of, you know, manage the, optimize the transportation routes. Um, you know, we can do certain things like monitor idle times with units and, and our patients, um, be able to track that kind of quickly and, uh, and then the size our, uh, our, our fleet to what we're delivering. So for example, you know, we won't have a mm-hmm. 26 foot box truck moving, uh, you know, two pallets of uh, material um, between plants, you know, it's, um, it's obviously the larger the truck more and more uh, typically the more fuel in- inefficient it is. Uh, so that's something that we can, we can definitely can control uh, of, you know, software and, and really planning. Uh, ultimately it reduces. So that's just, you know, one that I can think of. Well, well, no, and that's really cool because that's not only is that better for the environment as a whole, but it sounds like it's better for your bottom line and, and certainly better for your customers too. You know, being able to look at the stores and places where you've, you've got mass traction. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. fascinating, Kyle. Thanks. Well, gentlemen, this is a good stepping off point, even though, Quite frankly, I would love to pick your brains even more, but I know that you have a lot going on these days. And a lot of the things that you have going on, you can't quite talk about just yet. So I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to bait you into doing that, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's always uh, enlightening to say the least to speak with execs at a large MSO and getting your take on sustainability from a producer's perspective. So with that said, 
best of luck with the new facilities that you'll be rolling out. And uh, thanks again for your time. Yeah, really thank you for having us. Yeah, we really yeah. appreciate it too. Thank you, Dana. Thanks, Dana. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's Sustainable Cannabis Coalition podcast with Leaf, one of the nation's largest licensed cannabis producers. As you know, cannabis is a thing, and so is sustainability. So be sure to check out our previous guest and drop in next week for more. I'm your host, Dana Hillman. Bye for now. Thank you.